Hi everyone and welcome to our church podcast for this, the third Sunday of Easter. Very warm welcome to everyone joining us today, uh, whether you're in parishes local or further afield. It's wonderful to have your company with me today and a few guests as ever as we worship the Lord Jesus Christ together. Now, if you've got a copy of the online service order in front of you, please do join in and follow along with the responses and the prayers. And just a quick reminder, you can download the service order or indeed catch up on any podcasts that you might have missed from our church community website, which is www.winsandchurches.org.uk. And once again, I'm very grateful to to all the guests who shared in ministry to help me with this podcast today. We take a moment now just to gather ourselves in relative silence and then we'll begin. The Lord be with you. And we continue in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ. We are so grateful that we can join together for worship from wherever we are. Lord, we're in a state of waiting, unable to meet physically, longing to meet together again. But as we are, we lift our hearts up to you this day. We know your steadfast love extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness never ceases. And so, Lord, today we ask that you speak to our hearts and minds as we hear from your word in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, today we'll be thinking about what it means to wait for God's timing. It seems to me we're doing a lot of waiting at the moment. And first, to kind of set the scene a bit, I'd like to share a little of a hymn that reminds us of the importance of being full of encouragement and prayer, bearing with those around us, especially if they might be feeling a little overwhelmed by this extended time of waiting. Here is Brother Sister, Let Me Serve You.
wonderful singing there. I'm sure lots of folk there were Welsh. They were in fine voice, as you no doubt heard. A wonderful way in which to begin our service today. And we come to a time of confession. And this is our time, both yours and mine, where we pause to take a moment to remember before God those times where we know we've fallen short of the person that he longs for us to be. Indeed, he calls us to be every day in our walk with him. And we hold those moments before us just now and return them to the Lord, asking him to help us in our mistakes, our misdemeanours, the things we've done wrong, either intentionally or inadvertently. We bring those before the Lord just now. We can be encouraged this morning because we know the God who calls us in Jesus Christ is faithful and forgiving to him when we turn our hearts towards him in repentance. And so let's join together in the words of our confession from our service sheets. O Lord of life, eternity cannot hold you, nor can our little words catch the magnificence of your kindness. And yet, in the space of our small hearts and in silence, you can come close and repair us. O Lord of life, grant us your forgiveness for our careless thoughts, for our thoughtless deeds, for our empty speech and the words with which we wounded. And now may Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, keeping each of you in life eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I mentioned some special guests. Today we have Beth and Dennis, who've joined us with a pre-recorded gospel reading. So I'll be handing over to them right now. A reading from Luke chapter 24, verse 13 to 35. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognising him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. 
They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. Thank you, Beth and Dennis, for that reading. Well, for those who listened in last week, uh, here at the Curatage, we're still waiting for our washing machine part, which has meant that we've rediscovered the long-forgotten art of hand-washing one's clothes in the bath. Quite rightly, our part order is much lower priority due to the current situation. And so... We have to wait. Today's Bible reading is from the Gospel of Luke, as you heard, in which we find two companions on their way to Emmaus, which was a small town about seven miles from Jerusalem. These two also find themselves in a state of waiting. The exact location of Emmaus today is unknown, and its name means warm spring. It seems these two perhaps just needed to escape from Jerusalem because they can't handle waiting anymore. So they go on walkabout. The timing of their journey is about noon on Easter Sunday, after Mary had met Jesus in the tomb, but before he appears to his disciples when they were locked away, which was last week's reading. These two followers of Christ have borne witness to the events of Holy Week, but they are still processing it, still wondering about it, still waiting to find out what will happen next. What do you do when there is a lot on your mind, or you're waiting to see what will happen next? Perhaps a situation is out of your hands. Well, maybe you try and occupy your time to take your mind off. I think you know what I mean, don't you? Go out for a walk, tend the garden... Fix the motorbike, pray, have a relaxing bath, remembering to remove the washing first, of course. 
It's a very human reaction to find something we can influence and perhaps fix as a proxy for the real thing we can't. These two companions mentioned by Luke go on walkabout to Emmaus, doing their waiting whilst walking. Perhaps they also think they might calm themselves down in the warm springs. Why, in their waiting, and ours, doesn't God just step in and sort things out? I wonder if you remember your first train journey. Well, my first train journey was a primary school trip, of course in Wales, from Abergavenny to Cardiff. I can still remember the train and the carriage and how, as kids at that time, we had so much fun messing about between the visits from the teachers. And we stopped at pretty much every little country station along the way. In our impatience to reach Cardiff, it was easy to forget there were lots of others to collect as we went along. When we stopped, it was difficult to see anything other than the station which was around us, what we could see at the time. Well, it seems to me our walk with God is a little like a long train journey. There's stopping and starting. We don't always see everyone else making their own journey, everyone else on the train with us. And it can look like things have gone awry when we're just waiting, praying. Nothing seems to be happening, like we're stopped at a station. And it must have seemed that way to the two on the Emmaus Road. Verse 15 is particularly encouraging. It simply says, Jesus himself came near and went with them. Jesus himself came near and went with them. In their anxiety, Jesus literally draws alongside, walking with them as they walk in their waiting. He helps them to see that even though things look they might have gone astray, God is present and continuing to work to redeem and restore things to how they should be, like we saw on Good Friday and like they would have remembered. And we saw last Sunday how the risen Christ does step into the carriage of our anxiety not always to resolve a situation to our liking, but to accompany us and to bring words of peace. Even God in Christ Jesus had to wait, taking the time to live a normal human life through his incarnation. Why doesn't God just act when we want him to? Well, perhaps because he longs for the response of all people. In New Testament times, after Jesus' resurrection, his appearing and and commission, the urgency of needing to share such good news created a kind of expectation in his followers at the time that Christ would return in their own lifetime. But we can be glad he did not, because the good news continued to be shared around the world. And we, and countless others, got to hear about it and respond. 
would have been a much small company of much smaller company of believers if Jesus returned just a year after his re- resurrection and ascending to heaven. So there is a sense that God is waiting too, giving time for more people to respond to his off- offer of forgiveness, reconciliation and peace. We see St. Peter hinting at this, In his epistle to Peter, chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Secondly, just like being stopped at a train station or being in just one carriage, we recognise we don't always see the full picture. Neither everyone else on the train, nor indeed those getting on. And whilst our challenging circumstance that might be personal to us can make us eager for immediate resolution, we perceive less clearly other people's situations. We know God has made us in his image as co-creators, a privilege and awesome responsibility. And what we do has a real effect on others and the world, for better or for worse. It seems to me we saw a good example of this in just the last week, with the One World Together at Home online concert, bringing such a positive message of hope and solidarity from people all around. And so when we find ourselves waiting, there is also a real sense of the complex interweaving of the responsibilities and relationships which are being worked out by God at the same time. Some of those for good, some of those for poorer intent. God is working them out towards a greater good. Thirdly, we know our own human identities are formed not just when we've arrived at the destination, but also along the journey like the two on the Emmaus Road, grew in their faith as they journeyed with Christ. It takes time for a person to develop, and our identities as humans, we know, are very much bound up with time, places and people. I remember as much about the time together in the, with my classmates in the carriage mucking about as the time we had subsequently in Cardiff. We are formed, aren't we, as part of the family and community of people we're part of. Again, a great example of this in the last week or so, when someone shared the video of uh, Opera Nationale de Paris dancing together, but in isolation to Prokofiev's Montagues and Capulets. Or even just last Thursday, at the Winscombe and Sandford St George's Day virtual tea party we had, which we shared in together, enjoyed together, grew together. So where does that leave us then in our waiting? Through this passage of scripture, we're reminded that God is working all things towards good. But because he has permitted human free will in this process, It is complex because it waits for a human response. 
But this is wonderfully good news, even in itself, because it speaks to the kind of God we believe in. Not a controlling despot who indiscriminately imposes his will, but one who waits for each of us to respond in loving patience. The corollary, however, of allowing human free will with a very patient God is that the process can take a long time. We have to wait. We have to trust that God holds the outcome despite the occasional dark tunnels of our journey. Amen. And we come to a time of prayer. And I'm delighted Sarah and Hugh can join us today to lead us in prayer. So let us pray. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, you promised through your Son Jesus Christ to hear us when we pray in faith. We pray for the world as globally we strive to cope with the effects of COVID-19. Worldwide, people are caring for the sick, trying to prevent infection, mourning with those who grieve, and searching for a way through this time of unprecedented disruption. We give thanks for all the dedicated and selfless work of those on the front line. Doctors, nurses, paramedics, hospital cleaners, cooks, porters, and especially those who care for the very sick. We give thanks for those who care for the vulnerable, elderly, and confused. And for those who provide us with the necessities of life, working in factories, on public transport, on farms, and in shops. Gracious God, give skill, sympathy, and resilience to all who are caring for the sick. Wisdom to those searching for a cure and courage to the key workers who help to maintain our lives. Strengthen them with your spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our prayer. We pray for strength and endurance as we continue in lockdown and remember especially those who are alone, those living in abusive households, those fearing for their jobs, those with new babies or about to give birth, and those worrying for sick loved ones whom they cannot visit. Keep us, good Lord, under the shadow of your mercy in this time of uncertainty and distress. Sustain and support the anxious and the fearful and lift up all who are brought low that we may rejoice in your comfort, knowing that nothing can separate us from your love. Lord, in your mercy, hear Hear our our prayer. We pray for all those who are sick, troubled, and in need of comfort. Particularly, we think of Henry, David, and Celia. And in a moment of quiet, we hold all those known to us up to God. May he give them comfort and peace and hold them in the palm of his hand. 
compassion, be close to those who are ill, afraid, or in isolation. In their loneliness, be their consolation. In their anxiety, be their hope. And in their darkness, be their light. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. And lastly, we pray for those who have died and their families and friends. And we particularly remember our dear friend Beryl Bailey and all her family. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. Merciful Father, accept these, these prayers our prayers for the, the sake, sake of, of your Son, Son our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty. And we continue in prayer with the words that our Saviour taught us, the Lord's Prayer. Once again, this is on our service sheets. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining in with this service today. After the blessing, in just a moment, I have one final guest. Martin Hagen joins us to play the hymn, When I Needed a Neighbour. I'd also just like to thank Beth and Dennis, Sarah and Hugh and Martin for sharing in the ministry this week. And thank you everyone for listening in and joining this service and making it special today. I look forward to your company again next week where we have a special guest doing the talk. All will be revealed in due course. But now, the blessing. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon each of you and remain with you and all those this day God calls you to love and care for. I now conclude with Martin Hagen singing When I Needed a Neighbour. I was naked, were you there?
I'll be there. 